Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. In this first episode of 2020, Babs and Riss discuss a few standard things, such as the beginning of a new decade. There's also a little bit of discussion about vision boards. And really, the focus of this podcast is on 13 ways to be a better person in 2020. If you are a millennial, you might not enjoy our opinions of that generation in this podcast episode, and therefore might not want to listen to the entire thing. However, we do hope that you will listen and enjoy as we've used a slightly different format. We recorded the first part of this podcast together, and then both Babs and Riss have recorded an audio diary follow-up. We'd love to hear your feedback on this new format, and you can reach us at our A Walk in the Park page on Facebook, or you can shoot us an email at rissandbabs at gmail.com. Please listen and enjoy. Happy New Year, Riss. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Decade. That is, um... To be determined, I think. Or d- d- some people say it is a new decade, but really, then some people say that the new decade technically starts twenty twenty. I mean, one twenty twenty one. Yeah, I like to just go with what I'll call the commoners' interpretation, which is that the decade starts at twenty twenty, and the yes. other one started at twenty ten. But I understand what people are saying. I get it too. But I'm going to say it's a new. Decade. Uh huh. See, here he is trying to be quiet, <laughs> but we know he's not. We know Naomi can hear him walking. Yeah. Over and over again. We no. should actually be out walking since this is a walk in the park. Yeah, but and that's it is okay. such a nice day. It is. But we'll survive. But we just discussed earlier that we don't like exercise, so. <sighs> and it's Sunday. You don't have to exercise on Sunday. It's true. God rested on this day, so we can too. And you've been sick. I have been sick. I've started this entire this entire decade. Sick, sick, <laughs> yes. sick, sick, sick. Yes, you have. Today is Sunday, January 11th. But you sound pretty good. Thank you. I mean, I'm about I to sound even to, better. I expected to hear coughing and sneezing, but you're uh, fine. I'm okay. Probably. Do you want anything? No. Good for you. Not currently. Good for you. Thank you. Anyway, we have a vision for the podcast this year. It's just not ready to come to fruition right now. But we're putting it out there into the universe. We're putting it out there into the universe. That's right. That's very 20, the last decade, I think. The decade in culture. In fact, if I open this New York Times supplement, I bet it says something about that woman and the secret. But I also read, when I was looking at your vision board kit, my magnificent yes. 101 yes. vision board kit, yes. There's a card in here by mm-hmm. Albert Einstein, and it okay. says, energy, everything is energy. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. Albert Einstein. Well, he was a genius. Yeah, he was. So, there's that. I now have to do that vision board. I call that the lazy man's vision board. Because it puts every... I don't have to look for magazines. I don't have to cut things. Right. However, there are like these push pins in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that board, the literal board, is not a push pin board. It feels like a game board to me. Like I'm not yeah. sure I'm going to be able to put a push pin in there. No. Well, you'll, be able, you'll have to keep us up to date on how it all works. Yeah. I'll, you're right. I will have to do that. Maybe post some pictures for our fans. Yeah, I've gotten off the picture thing. It's yeah, been a it's long hard. time. Yeah, push pins. Yep. Little keys and little trinkets. Yep. I'm gonna and have to figure a it marker. out. Figure I'm gonna have to figure 
Let's design and manifest the next chapter of your life. Boom. Let's do it. I do want to do it. All right. But we're going to start. Where are we starting? We're going to start by discussing. We must start somewhere. The New York Times, Sunday, December 29th, 2019 article, 13 ways to be a better person in 2020. And I think we're going to see if we agree. I suspect I'm not going to agree much. And since we talked about it, I also now have to sneeze. (laughs) So that's going to happen in a minute. But let's see. All right, here. I'll kick us off and then turn it. We'll do turnsies. Okay. Okay. So 13 Ways to Be a Better Person in 2020 by Anya Strazemian. Sorry, butchered her name there. That's okay. Uh, Let's see. Each year around this time, we look back at the year's most popular styles articles and ask... One, what just happened? Two, what does it all mean? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to continue. That's not interesting. Number one, just be Jonathan Van Ness. I already don't know who he is, and I'm not sure how that makes me a better person if I do. But let's see. The quote, queer eye grooming expert and memoirist embodies many of the tenets of better personhood. He overcame a difficult past, sexual abuse, drug addiction, and an HIV diagnosis, to become the gorgeous and inspiring person we know today. Quote, I want people to realize you're never too broken to be fixed, end quote, he said. And perhaps the most useful lesson in this profile, namaste is a gracious yet effective way to end an unwanted conversation. Um, okay. I don't even understand all that. I don't understand... Be a better person, so realize you're not broken and you can be fixed. I mean, I don't want his life. No. You never broke your... Okay, and namaste is a gracious yet effective way to end an unwanted conversation. That's fine. I'll accept that. I'm not sure it makes me a better person. What's next? It does. Does it? Yeah, Okay. All right. Because you're just putting it, you're, what you're saying is this person's negative or this person has something negative or bad to say and you don't want to be a part of that. So namaste, next. Okay. All you right. Don't want to be, if you're a part of that conversation, then you're engaging in negativity as well. Let's see if we actually do end a conversation ever this year by saying namaste. I will not. <laughs> Therefore, it won't make us a better person. It might make somebody. Oh, but you don't... Maybe we could think of something else to say outside of namaste. Okay. I mean, I like namaste, but I use it in a different context. Right. Okay. Anyway, what's next? What's our number two option? Let your kids fail. Oh, we've talked about this before. Remind me. Move over helicopters. There's a new problematic parent in town. Snowplow parents. Ooh. <laughs> Those who remove obstacles from their child's path, clearing the way to success, came into the spotlight this year with their most extreme behavior yet, the college admission scandal of 2019, in which parents who are famous or rich or both paid universities and college coaches to cheat their ways into college. Um... Okay. Snowplow parents. I like the analogy. Mm -hmm. According to Naomi, I possibly am one. I've made too cushy of a life for her, and she wants Jonathan and I to stop doing things for her. Guess I'll put my snowplow away. Any further from the truth. (laughs) First of all, I would never do something like that. I would never lie and cheat to get my kid into a college or anything on that magnitude. But, I mean, I do... I do try to clear obstacles for her. I mean, I definitely try to make her life easier. So, how? Give me one example. Um, I because pay for her to go to tutoring. But that's I, not. She has, that's a, just being therapy. a good parent. That's just being a good parent. That's well, not being a snowplow parent. I it's clearing I, obstacles for her. Not every kid gets to go to therapy. Who needs it? Not every kid gets tutoring. Who needs it? That's true. I don't let her struggle on her own because I am, while not at the level of means of these parents, I am a parent of means, and I do use those means to make my child's life easier. But I let my kid fail. I cannot. I've de- I, I decided that long ago because I only have one, mm-hmm. and if I don't, then he, will con- he can potentially become extremely spoiled. Mm-hmm. 
So I have to let him learn and do things on his own. Mm-hmm. And he has to fail at some point. Now, that's not to say I can't help him with certain like things. Failure. I, it's not failure in a sense he's, that's it. Yeah. It's failing in a sense. I need, it's almost like he's not broken. He's need to fall down and get himself back up. Yes. That's the way I think of it. Now, there are times where I haven't done that. I've helped him up. But yeah. most of the time I try, that's why I, and I enjoy him playing tennis because it's very difficult. Right. And he has to, he can't do, I can't help him. Right. He's got to do it himself. Yep. So I think it's very good for his personality and for him growing up. So let your kids fail. That was number two. Yeah. That's being a better person. Okay. Okay. This is hilarious and we've already done it. Three, hug a boomer Xer, millennial zoomer. In case you missed it, Generation Z is mad at boomers for the state of the world. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Boomers are mad at Generation Z for being so dismissive. Generation X, that's us, feels forgotten and yet resents even themselves. That's not true. Mm -hmm. I don't feel forgotten and I don't resent myself. Correct. And not making anything much better, there are currently five generations coexisting in the workplace. You didn't even say anything about millennials, people. Or are millennials the also generate? No, that's different. Not making anything much better. Okay, perhaps. Oh, my God. Okay. This article said nothing bad about millennials. Because Generation Z is what our kids are. Oh, yeah. They're the Zoomers. Really, Zoomers. the millennials. Well, that's according to that, right. anyway. So, really? That article must have been written by a millennial. And the millennials are the worst generation currently. Yeah. In my opinion. Chris, would, my husband would agree with Yes. That. We've had this conversation before on mm-hmm. this very podcast. Okay, so hug. We hugged each other. Right. But we're the same generation. Right. So. But Jonathan's a boomer and I hug him daily. Aww. And I have, I'm already a better person because I hug everybody except millennials. Or people who are sick. That's cold. not generation specific. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's hilarious. What's the next way to be a better person? Think before you cancel. I've gotten better at that. <sighs> cancel culture. Oh. That's what they're talking about, sometimes which I just learned about. Is warranted, and sometimes it's just bullying, as some kind of the, as some of these teenagers' short stories show. As one kid put it, we all do cringy things and make dumb mistakes and whatever. But social media's existence has brought it, that into a place where people can take something you did back then and make it who you are now. All right, so that's a little bit more of a refined a, definition of cancel culture. Yeah. But I read this article about cancel culture. And it had to do with comedians. Dave Chappelle, I think, was one of the featured ones. And it was like, comedians kind of were whining. I think Sarah Silverman has whined as well. I'm calling it whining. That people aren't letting them do the comedy they want. Or they're getting criticized for the comedy. And, you know, it's because people don't think, in my opinion, think what they're making jokes about is funny. And they're whining about it. I'm like... I'm sorry, just because people people can choose not to find you funny for Absolutely. any reason. Right. Just because you're a comedian of some success doesn't mean you have a blanket pass that everything you do is funny. And when they're making fun of certain like types of situations, I'm like, these people are allowed to react. Yeah. They're allowed to their own opinions. And if their opinion is to start a social media war against you to cancel you, oh well, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Like that yeah. SNL guy who had just got on SNL. Yeah. He lasted like two weeks and SNL had to fire him because he said something racial. He said something and you know so now people are like oh cancel culture is bad. I'm like I just feel like people don't see when they're exactly the same as the thing they're complaining about. Right. I'm like you know what culture changes. Sorry you may not be funny anymore. If you want to continue then if that's your choice, you can decide to try to be funny in a different way. Right, right. So anyway. And that is the pitfall of becoming a comedian. And I it's mean, not just in the comedian, though. It's no. like people, um, I'm trying to think of a good example outside of the entertainment industry. Um, well, to your point about, and this is before cancel culture became a term, but to your point about um, things in the past, as you probably know, and many of our listeners perhaps know, Michael Vick was convicted for animal cruelty yes. and dog fighting and actually went to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so some would say he's paid his debt to society. And he, I've heard, has turned 
that around. Like he actually tries to do things that help animals now. Right. He did not return to that. But some people are just, and you know, he was an amazing quarterback during yeah. the time he played. But some people are like, absolutely not. He should not be included in any of this, like, celebratory stuff, 100-year NFL stuff. Like, he's canceled forever. You can't come back from it. That's not fair because I've often said the same thing about Pete Rose. Baseball is such a weird sport out of all of them. The fact that they – I get what they did when they did it. But to not change their minds posthumously it's is like, so weird. It would but. be like your buddy Tom Brady betting on himself or something. That doesn't remove all of the stats and the how well he played right. all these years. Right. You can't take that away from him. Right. He did the work. Well, but wasn't the thing with Pete Rose... Okay, this, yeah, this was always a thing because it's like if you bet against yourself, mm-hmm. then arguably you might do something to throw the game. Right. right? And I don't think he I ever did. I don't think that's what he did. Exactly. I think he just bet on his team yes. to win. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, it's like, what's the big deal? Right. If you're betting on your own team, why shouldn't you be allowed to do that? And in other industries, like sports betting, mm-hmm. not in Major League Baseball, but other ones are trying to... Uh, I don't know enough about this, but I, yeah, I agree. The Pete Rose thing is just a weird yeah. example of... Now, on the other hand, if you take somebody like... Um, oh, Barry Bonds? A, no, who is uh, Jennifer Bond. Lopez dating? Oh, Alex Rodriguez? Yes, mm-hmm. A-Rod. A-Rod. He's a different story because his doing all those steroids made him who he is. Well, that's so right. One the could performance argue enhancing drug people. Because of yeah. that, he not only changed his own stats, mm-hmm. but he changed the, the team stats and he changed the league stats. That's true. Yep. So that's that's def, that's legitimate. Same thing with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. Mm-hmm. Although some sometimes with performance enhancing drugs, it's, the list seems to shift so yeah. much. Like something that was all of a sudden isn't, and something that wasn't all of a sudden is. Mm-hmm. But yes, I agree. That's more. We could think of examples all day. Like we I'm could. thinking of Sharapova. Yeah, she had no reason to be banned. Yeah, what she was doing wasn't enhancing her. Well, it was. No, that's the thing. But it was the drug had shifted. The drug it it had was. Shifted. It it was allowed, and then it wasn't. And like her story always was, she just didn't get the memo. Right. Um. So, yeah. Anywho, um, all right. That for? was that was cancel culture. Yes. So, next is think before you cancel. That's fine. I mean, that's good advice. I don't know that it makes you a better person. But anyway, maybe it does. Okay, five. Live your life like a rom-com. Absolutely not. That's me oh, saying yeah. that. Let's see. As, the modern, as this modern love essay showed, sometimes a practical decision not to get married at 18 can lead to a very romantic story. Planning to meet at the New York Public Library at 4 p.m. on the first Sunday in April, five years later, and then doing it. And a happily ever after. They've been married for 35 years. Okay. I don't know. Again, I guess I disagree with the title. 13 Ways to Be a Better Person in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Live your life like a rom-com. I don't know about that. Maybe when you're young. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't... Think about that. Right now? Right now. Yeah. So, okay. Protect thy acid mantle. Yeah, we have no idea what that was either. (laughs) It's a protected film of natural oils, amino acids, and sweat that covers your skin. Damage it with too much scrumming or neutralize it with alkaline washes, and you're on your way to barrier problems. Inflammation, allergies, breakouts. In summary, you're probably using too many products on your face. So, stop. I've gone completely against that because just this month I've started using a lot more products on my face. So I'm already a worse person. I switched. I got fed up with Rodan and Fields customer, corporate customer service. And so I picked up a bunch of products from a line that one of our friends recommended. So right now I'm putting about four-ish ZenMed products on my face per day. Yeah, like I just try not to over-scrub well, I feel like since my skin has been so 
under treated in that regard i did get a microdermabrasion scrub that you use twice a week oh okay but i mean my pores must be like they must have dirt in there from like 2010 do you get facials i don't remember the last no. time i had a facial no yeah i generally don't because it doesn't matter i like whatever they use it just doesn't i don't see any benefit result yeah i can give my own facials anyway so it doesn't matter and that's usually what i do yeah I'm not spending big money on somebody to rub my face with product. I can do that. I don't want people to make my face worse. That's right. My, that's the other thing. That's my fear. All right. Let's say this. I don't like this at all. Sleep until at least 6 a.m. Well, okay. We can't all be Tim Cook, Jennifer Aniston, or Kris Jenner and wake up around 4 a.m. without serious impact on our immune system, mental cognition, stress levels, and blood pressure. But it's cute that for a minute we thought we could. Quote, no matter how much sleep you get, if you're not wired for rising at the hour of the wolf, and most of us aren't, according to many sleep specialists, messing with that normal rhythm is still detrimental. I'm a dolphin. What does that mean? That's my sleep personality from a sleep test I took. Most people are bears. 50% of the world are bears. Dolphin means I stay up late. I'd have to look it up again, but again, I'm not typical. I'm 10% of the population. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, I usually sleep, well, during the week, I sleep until about uh, 6.30. 6.30, 6.45 I is wake my wake up. up time. Yeah, and but I'm also in bed early because I believe in sleep. I like it. I want sleep. I am not in bed early. Sleep doesn't believe in me. Next. All right. Buy stock and leggings. Okay, because they're not going away anytime soon, writes our fashion director and chief fashion critic, Vanessa Friedman. Leggings also function differently for different age groups. For Gen Y, they tend to be lifestyle signifiers that have more to do with health and activity than, say, everyday workwear. For Gen Zers, who largely reject uniformity in traditional labels, they are simply a basic, the equivalent of jeans. They are something you put on without thought. Buy stock in leggings. I'm going to analyze that literally and ask which leggings specifically. Is this a company? Like, should we be buying stock in Athleta? What companies sell leggings? Just leggings. Mm. All right, number nine. Use your office bathroom as it was intended. Oh, I'm very scared about this. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You want me to read it? Pooping is a privilege. If you're doing it normally, it means your body is working as it should. And isn't that nice? So to quote the mamas and the papas in a song that had nothing to do with bathroom behavior, go where you want to go. Your colleagues don't actually care. That's wrong. I care. Most people do care. This I don't was know who the, wrote that. The art, I'll tell you who wrote it. This was based on the article, Women Poop Sometimes at Work, Get Over It, by Jessica Bennett and Amanda McCall. Absolutely not. Unacceptable. Pooping is for private. But if you have to go, you got to go. Eh. All right. Stop it, Marissa. No. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. Uh, learn your personality type. This modern, Sorry. this modern love writer swore by the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Controversial yeah. though it may be, as a lens into romantic capability. So what's your type? I don't know. I like the much more simplified love languages test that's worked very well it helped me understand the the test and i have the book on my kindle and i got through like about four or five pages and i I went this is all bs the love languages yeah it's not the questions may seem like that chris or i fit into any of the categories oh you just probably fit into multiple you can fit into multiple oh all right yes and the the test will kind of tell you like this is your primary but you also have other secondary maybe even tertiary Tertiary. Tertiary. That's a good word. All right. Number 11. Oh, thank you. Number 11. Man, this is taking forever. Try a quick little break from booze if you haven't already. Why am I getting all the literally crappy ones? <laughs> you may be planning a dry That's January. Which makes you among the sober curious quote a new generation of kind of sort of temporary temperance crusaders end quote who are taking a more mindful approach to their drinking but don't feel that their relationship to alcohol requires a 12-step program 
As a result, some of these folks feel so good that they attend things like early morning raves. But don't worry, you don't have to. Thank God. Thank God. I'm going to an early morning CLE in a couple weeks entitled oh. Narcissists Among Us. Oh, I can't wear it. Wait. I know, right? I wish That's going to be freaking hilarious. <laughs> I'd bring you, but it costs two hundred and ninety-five dollars, oh. and you need a bar number. Uh, okay, do nothing for 20 minutes. This I can get behind. <laughs> I could do nothing for two okay, hours. Let's bring it. Another thing to file under things that people swear by, and maybe it's time the rest of us tried. Transcendental, transcendent, I can't. Transcendental, Thank yes. Thank you. Meditation. Uh, After all, Kate Perry has said, I will feel neuropathways open, a halo of lights, and I'm so much sharper, I just fire up. Our wellness columnist tried a course, didn't quite feel neuropathways open, but found that the routine stuck. I just do it like brushing my teeth, her teacher said, and gave her a perspective throughout her day. See, here's the only other thing. Did I, was it you I had this conversation with? I can't. Oh, no. I know lots of people who do meditation in the morning. Yes. But I'm like, wait a second. You were just asleep for seven hours and yes. you woke up to meditate? Yes. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like meditation should be, I feel like in the afternoon, getting rid of everything you've done throughout the day. Setting yes. you up for rest at night. I will say I've done it both ways in the morning and in the evening. And I do it in the morning because by the time the evening rolls around, I'm too tired. Now... In 2019, I was a horrible meditator. I pay for that Calm app, which I have, and I don't think I've meditated using the Calm app, but maybe once since like April of last year. If you do it consistently, I do feel like it helps. Right. Um, But, you know, Jonathan would actually be a very interesting person to talk to about this because he was into transcendental meditation and like spent a lot of time meditating hmm. before I met him. Hmm. I apparently broke him of that habit. Oh. <laughs> well, then you'll appreciate number 13. Number 13. The last way to be a better person in 2020 is or do absolutely nothing for even longer. Okay. <laughs> That's me. These San Francisco dudes are depriving themselves of many things, including conversation and eye contact, in order to experience more feelings later. According to James Sinka, a practitioner, quote, your brain and your biology have become adapted to high levels of stimulus, so our project is to reset these receptors so you're satiated again, end quote. In other words, it's a life without exclamation points. At least for a little while, exclamation point. The article, Don't Excite This Brain by Nellie Bowles. Yeah, that's not what makes me happy. Oh, okay. I mean... See, I like a balance. I like yeah. getting things done, mm-hmm. but then I like to have my little break. Yes, I and understand I think, that. I think that's the way it should work. Yeah. Let's say this concludes section one. Section one of the first podcast of the year. Of 2020, which of 2020. by the way, you need to write 2020. I know, I yes, so that people don't stick in... Whatever. 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, right. 17, 19. Yep, heard it. Okay. Know it. Good. Live it. All right. All right, let, let's um, just say we're going to move on to something else. So here's our break. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yay, bye. Bye. The writing song, words will So in reviewing our delightful podcast episode, I decided to dive deeper into a few of the items discussed in 13 Ways to Be a Better Person in 2020. Maybe I most object to the title of the article. I know it's supposed to be catchy, but I'm not sure that everything listed in the article by adhering to, doing, avoiding, etc., etc., make somebody a better person. But I was thinking about namaste. And I've decided that perhaps saying namaste to exit an annoying, uncomfortable, unproductive 
conversation, one that you don't want to be in, does maybe make you a better person. So the meaning of namaste, according to the yoga journal, says the gesture namaste represents the belief that there is a divine spark within each of us that is located in the heart chakra. The gesture is an acknowledgement of the soul in one by the soul in another. And that is actually kind of nice. I mean, obviously it goes to some of the uh, more Western-centric, well, cliches for lack of a better word, but treat others as you'd like to be treated or just what we're trying to do a little bit more of in the world now is to be kind. You can disagree with people and not have to attack them or demean them or be overly aggressive in all situations. Instead, you could just say namaste and acknowledge that the other person, though they be different from you, is also a person. Uh, Clearly, there's a lot to discuss in Namaste. According to Merriam-Webster, religious and secular culture come together. That's the Merriam-Webster dictionary, in case that wasn't obvious. Religious and secular culture come together in the increasing use of Namaste in English. The term is associated with both Hinduism and yoga. The word comes from Sanskrit and literally means, quote, bowing to you or, quote, I bow to you and is used as a greeting. Now, I like the other interpretation better because I don't bow to people who annoy me. Um, And let's see, what else do I want to say about namaste? I don't know, but I've perhaps changed my mind just a smidge about the value of just that specific practice making you a better person in 2020, and I now think perhaps it does. Um, And of course, namaste is not solely a yoga word, Um, and so even if you don't practice yoga or think yoga is a good thing, you can still acknowledge the benefits of using positive energy. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, That is a good frame of mind and it might make you a better person in 2020. Uh, The other one that I wanted to explore a bit more had to do with sleep. And I mentioned uh, chronotypes and this quiz that I had taken. And so just by way of follow-up, it's from a book called The Power of When by this gentleman, Dr. Breas. I'm blanking on his first name. Michael, Michael Breas. Uh, He's a clinical psychologist who specializes in sleep disorders, and he breaks down sleep into four different chronotypes based on morning and evening preferences and snooze time habits, fitting characteristics and whatnot. And I am a dolphin. And real dolphins sleep with only half of their brain at a time, which is why they're called unihemispheric sleepers. The other half is awake and alert, concentrating on swimming and looking for predators. This name fits insomniacs well. Intelligent, neurotic light sleepers with a low sleep drive. Sleep drive equals your need for sleep. And I also believe I said that's a very small percentage of the population. So I will say I am an insomniac. I like the intelligent uh, characteristic or characterization there. However, I don't want a low sleep drive. I want to sleep. I need sleep. I feel like I am sleep deprived 24-7 and yet I am a dolphin because my brain, half of my brain is at least always alert. But anywho, that I think sleep would make me a better person in 2020. I can't even remember how that's relevant but I did want to follow up on that. I don't remember which one of the ways was making me a better person, but I do think sleep would make me a better person. It would make me less angry, give me more patience, make me feel better, and therefore I can continue to spread more joy in the world, in my presence, with more sleep. So here's to the new decade. Cheers. Thrive.
everyone. This is Marissa of the Riss and Babs Walk in the Park podcast. I apologize as a side note. I do have an almost six-year-old uh, beagle living in the house and everything that is, happens outside, he's on it. He's barking. He's, you know, growling. So if you hear him in the background, I apologize because there's no real way to edit him out, but there's also no real way for me to sit anywhere in the house without him close by my side. I mean, even if I shut the door, he gets a little irritated. So it's just easier this way. Um, I'd like to go ahead and review some of the things that we discussed in um, the first part of this podcast. Um, So I'm not really good at tying all my thoughts together, but I will do my best. Um, the the, The first part of the podcast centered on an article that Babs had seen in the New York Times. I think it was the New York Times. And it was about uh, being a better person in 2020, the year 2020. Uh, if you want to call it the new decade, you can call it that. And so we reviewed about 11 items on this list, 12 items. I can't really remember. I could probably, maybe more than that, probably count them out, but no one really cares. Okay, so vision boards, just to go over vision boards, the idea of vision boards, and maybe even include bucket lists. I uh, oppose them. I flat out oppose them because I'm not very good at them. (laughs) Part of my problem with vision boards and bucket lists is I get very irritated if I make these things and then I don't achieve them. Um... I think I'm I think maybe I'm just upset right now because I'm trying to study hard for a sommelier exam first degree and I can't I cannot get past this first book. And I know it sounds stupid because if you know anything about me, you know I've been studying for a long time, but I can't it's like I, this book's horrible and I won't mention it because I don't want to upset the author, but he would probably agree that it just it's a very difficult book to read. It's not fun is what I'm trying to say. It's not fun. It just tells you really about wine technology and, and the making of uh, wine. And um, anyway, to get back to the vision board bucket list thing is it's, it's on both of those things for me to do. It's becoming a sommelier is really what I want to do, but this book makes me want to quit. And that's not cool. So onward, I will persevere like I always do. But in the interim, I'm just going to complain about it. So there you go. Um, Jonathan Van Ness is, he was on the list that we were talking about and we didn't really know him, but I had an idea of who he was. He's an American (laughs) hairdresser, but his real claim to fame has actually been that he was on the reboot of, uh, on a Netflix series reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And I've seen him a whole bunch of times. He's a very handsome man. Um, and he's very outspoken and he's actually written some books and anything he has to say, I would agree with just because I like him. I've seen him before. I've seen some, heard some of the things he said. And if you see him, he's just really nice. He seems like a really nice guy. And, um, I hope I'll put that on my bucket list of things to do. I would like to meet him. Um, let's see the word namaste. Yeah, still haven't used it. Usually when people irritate me, I literally uh, ignore them. I remove myself from the situation because it's not, ignorant people aren't worth fighting over. And if they really believe in what they're talking about, but they sound mean or ignorant, I can't, that's just energy I don't want to be around. So rather than say namaste, I just ignore them and I walk away. I make my presence unknown. Next up, snowplow parents. Which, by the way, is relative to um, bulldozer parenting. And what I did was I took a picture of what it says on the internet about these things. Let's see. Snowplow parents are the newest embodiment of hyper-intensive parenting uh, that can include parents looking for adult children haircuts or booking their adult children haircuts, texting their college kids to wake them up so they don't sleep through a test, and even calling their kids employers, which is the same as or almost the same as lawnmower parents or bulldozer parenting. (laughs) 
are easily willing to drop everything to fulfill their child's wants and demands no matter how small. These parents often have good intentions and are motivated by not wanting their children to experience struggle. Okay. Babs and I are definitely not these parents. And I feel bad for these parents because watching my son go through uh, uh, elementary school and middle school and now high school, I've seen those parents. They are involved to the, the tiniest thing that their kids do. And they don't think they are. That's the crazy thing. They don't, they think it's, it's um, weird not to be involved that, to that extent. And I, I always thought it was helicopter parenting, but it's, it's beyond that. Um, I think there is a moment where you have to step in and be your child's advocate, but I'm also against anybody who decides that they're going to step in and do almost everything for their kid, um, except wipe their butt. Um, yeah, I can't, if you're one of those parents, you probably don't want to talk to me or be around me because I cannot, I, I, it's hard for me. It's hard because I have to tell people, knock it off. I really do. I really do have to tell them not. It's so bad for them, but that leads actually leads into the next term, uh, generational uh, terms, millennials, Zoomers, Boomers, Gen Xs, Gen Zs, all of that. I, I, don't have, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that business either. Uh, part of the reason is because I know they're real, but I don't know. It just seems to me like it's a little too much to oh there's my phone there's my phone see this is exactly why I don't like doing my podcast here in the kitchen so I'm gonna move while I'm talking to you (laughs) sorry for the interruption um yeah generational terms like millennials and zoomers or whatever they're called I don't I can't really get behind those because although I've met millennials and I've met Gen Xers and I've met, you know, boomers and baby boomers and all that stuff. For me, some people just don't fit the type. And I'm wondering if, if maybe I'm missing something and I just don't realize it. Um, I'm actually starting to feel that millennials don't necessarily fit, uh, into this horrible, horrible category. Uh, some have worked for my husband and some have left working for him <laughs> or fired. They're flat out fired. But then sometimes I think that millennials might add something to society um, because they are that sensitive and they have a heart. You see, this is, this is where um, helicopter parenting and bulldozing parenting comes in. They've created these millennials, uh, the kids who don't want to step up and, and, and work hard. Um, you know, everything's been taken care of for them. However, millennials are very sensitive and I think they'll be the generation to help change what's going on with our climate change. I see it a little, I I don't know why I think that, but I think because maybe they're so sensitive and they want something for themselves and for their own kids and for their lives and they they're seeing the destruction these it might they might be the generation to help steer a path towards other generations to to help out um however i am an optimist and most people don't like optimism <laughs> so i don't know i'm just trying to say something nice about millennials but i i could be very wrong i don't know um but they are very a little too overly sensitive and and um Yeah, I think they're part of the generation that, you know, when they're on, like an example, when they're part of a soccer team, everybody wins. It's like, no, you lost. And um, not trying to be rude, but you lost. (laughs) It is what it is. You got to win and you got to lose. And when you lose, you got to get over it. And when you win, you have to be a good sportsman about it. And that's that. Okay, next, cancel culture. I have nothing to add there. Um, I get it, but I really don't have anything to add. Um, living your life like a rom-com. Whew, no, nothing to add there. Um, skin issues. I didn't do the right ish, uh, research on this, but I did all, 
see somewhere that there were, I think it was on the internet, of course, so it's fake news, maybe, I don't know, but it was, in fact, um, a dermatologist talking about how you shouldn't wash your skin that much. Now, my my whole thing is, I was taught, you know, take a shower, <laughs> wash up, get behind your ears and in your ears, and also wash your face in the morning and wash your face at night, unless you shower at one of those times and then you really only have to wash your face you know twice a day whether you're in the shower or not um I always wash my face at night I want to tell you I don't have perfect skin but um I take care of my skin and I think it, it it's important um but that's really only that's the only other thing I have to add about that I would never not use soap and I would never not not take a shower and people say you don't have to wash your hair every day. I would agree with that statement. That's the only other thing to add to that. If you wash your hair uh, every day and your hair can handle it, that's fine. Otherwise, if you're not, you know, if you're not working out, you don't have to wash your hair. But um, I try and work out every day, um, although I don't have to wash my hair every day. So that's a whole other story. Anyway, that's just me. Do you. Do what works for you. That's the most important thing. Um, sleep personality. I found it fascinating that Babs was a dolphin. I am not a dolphin, although I never took a research, a study, a sleep apnea study, but I found out that, uh, if I took a quiz online, I found out that I am a dreamer. That's what I am. It says that you're not the kind of person to wear their emotions on their sleeve, but you have a lot of thoughts and feelings going on at all times. Yes, sometimes even you don't understand them, which is why your feelings and ideas manifest in technicolor dreams. Yep. Although some may describe you as someone with a hard outer shell, you don't mind. You don't need others up in your business all the time. Boy, ain't that the truth. You'd rather get the crowd going with a few good jokes since you've got no problem making them laugh so hard they pee in their pants. I've been known to do that. I've been known to do that. So that's what I am. I'm a dreamer, but I don't know if that's the same type of study that would have been relevant to what Babs did, but I figured I'd try it. Um, let's see. I am not subscribing to the idea of being, uh, of uh, where, living in leggings. And if you live in leggings, I'm a little worried about you. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's see. And yeah, I'm not even buying stocking leggings because again, you'd have to find out which companies to invest in. And some of these companies who shall remain anonymous, I wouldn't invest in because they're horrible people. Let's see. Going to the bathroom in public. I have, I probably will in the future. Um, yeah, number two, I've had to go number two in public. I'm not going to lie. I have. Uh, sometimes I've, I've done it even before a tennis match because sometimes... I ha in the past, I've gotten nervous before tennis matches. I don't. That doesn't happen to me anymore. I've outgrown that. And <laughs> but if you have to go, you gotta go. Just do the right thing and courtesy flush. If you have to go number two, as soon as you go, just courtesy flush. Don't sit there over the toilet. And by the way, I don't know who you people are who go to places like Target and Walmart and sit on the toilet for five hours. That's just wrong. Okay, I've, I, I can go on and on about that, but I won't. My love type. Um, I think these types of quizzes are, or these books um, are good to read if you're having problems in your relationship and you care about the person that you're with and you want to make things work. I think learning your, your love type is important in those situations. Um, or you could just flat out tell them how you feel, but... We know that some people aren't like that, but I think these books can be important and good for you if you're trying to make things work with a person and you're struggling. Might be uh, an avenue to explore. Booze, dry January. Some, that's what I've heard it being called these last couple of weeks. Um, I think it's good. I think, though, I've also heard recently on the news that a lot of women, I don't know what the stats are, but more more now, more than ever, women are becoming alcoholics. So um, my advice there is if you have a problem drinking, 
I mean, I'm not trying to give you any advice, but most of the women who I think probably become alcoholics, and I could totally be wrong, and please feel free to call me out on this, are stay-at-home moms. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to throw it out there. They are, um, they think a glass of wine or two is okay every day. And I, I don't judge, but if it's becoming more than a glass of wine or two every single day, and you're putting the kids to bed and then you're going to have another glass or open up another bottle, that could be a problem. And you might want to do some self-reflection and find out what's, what's causing that because um, I worry about you. <laughs> I do. I don't want that to be for everybody. So just take a, take a look at yourself in the mirror and say, why am I doing this? Are you enjoying it or are you, I mean chances are you're enjoying it at first, but then it becomes into something it really shouldn't be. So, um, do nothing for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm all about it. I'll do nothing for five hours if I feel like it. And the reason why I don't meditate is because I simply don't have time for it, which is ironic because you're supposed to make time for it. So just to wrap up this little sidebar, little podcast thingamajigger we're doing here. Um, I can go on and on about some of these, like the snowplow parenting, the vision boards, and um, dry January maybe, but it's only because I care about you people and I don't want you to screw it up. I don't want you to screw your lives up. So that's just all I have to say. Um, Have a wonderful day and we will be talking to you soon. Namaste, bitches. This has been a season two episode of a walk in the park podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple podcasts or Google play to rate review and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter. That's at a wit podcast on Facebook. You can find our, a walk in the park, Facebook page by searching at a wit podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a walk in the park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.